Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Dodger Dudes Show with former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and his Sandlot buddy Josh the Duker Luke. The Dodger Dudes talk Dodger baseball, Sandlot stories from their youth, and share what it's going to take for the Blue Crew to win the World Series. Don't forget to answer our weekly poll question and fan poll on Twitter and Facebook. The Dodger Dudes Show is part of the Believe Sports Network online at BLEAV.com. The Dodger Dudes believe in the Dodgers. Do you believe? Welcome back to the Dodger Dudes uh, podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network. This is our World Series preview. I'm your co-host, Josh Luke, with my buddy, Dodger alumni, Brett Tomko. So, Brett, what do you think about the World Series matchup, man? I think it's good. I think I think our little vacation, you know, we took a little time off to digest after the season uh, was good. But, you know, I think the World Series, it's been a, it's been a really exciting playoffs. I, I think both, you know, the National League championship, you know, Washington just steamrolled. And, you know, the American League one was – it was pretty exciting. And, and I, think, I think we all are going to talk about it. I think every, every single TV, every, every single analyst are going to talk about the pitching matchup. And that's going to be the big story of, of this World Series is how great this, this starting pitch-up matchup is going to be. I, that's the only thing making me look forward to it because the more and more I watch the Astros, the more I hate them. So we're going to talk <laughs> – on this show, guys, we're going to preview the World Series. We're going to talk a little bit about Friedman's press conference and what he's thinking going into the offseason. We're going to talk about a few potential Dodgers. Uh, Garrett Cole's a name we keep hearing on the radio. Strasburg, free agent. How about Baumgartner, Brett? We'll talk about that in a minute. And also, guys, we're going to talk about – my favorite topic that I'm so glad the national media is putting. <laughs> wait a second. I thought, uh, wait, here go it ahead. comes. Here it comes. Uh, I actually think, I actually think that this off season for the first time ever, you're going to start to hear teams talk about pitch tipping strategically because the Astros they're, they're out, man. Everybody knows now. And guys, let's be clear real quick before Brett chimes in on this. They're not stealing signs. They're, they're doing what Brett and I have talked about five times, which is they're, they're, they're studying pitchers tactics to learn if there's a tell and that's now become part of the game and nobody's saying it's illegal everybody's just saying if if the astros are going to do it then then why shouldn't we and i think they're going to start to really i really think brett you're going to start to see teams put that into their strategy what do you think am i told well, i mean game five uh houston they had they had the starting pitchers or, or they they could tell what was coming they had them figured out and they went out that first inning and just demolished it. Game, game is over before they got a second out. Yeah, and you know, and and it's not that just like, well, you think you think they're doing it. You can actually see guys in the dugout. Washington too. Washington um, with uh, Kershaw. They were talking. They had a a, a video yeah. of Trey Turner in the dugout putting hand position, and you could see him say fastball, and, and it was where his his hand was positioned in in his glove, Kershaw's glove. So you, you teams are doing it, and it's not. I don't think it's a secret. It's just a matter of if you can find the right people that can see it. And it's, it's, yeah. it, it becomes an art. Not everyone can do it. So yeah, who knows? They might, they have coaches and they have data for everything else well, the under if the sun. Play the analytics game. We got to include this. If Hey, and so, so Harrison told us that Cora is the best he ever saw do it. Well, Cora isn't with the Astros anymore. So now, you know, there's two teams doing it and you just said you saw a third doing it. You've mentioned four or five players that could sit in the dugout and tell you that. I just think in my heart of hearts, you're going to start to, for the first time ever, 
hear teams saying, if we're going to use all these analytics, then we need to study pitchers' habits as well. You can't have an unfair advantage. I'm going to call the people that I know do it really well and ask if I can be their agents. Yeah, there you go. That's kind of what I'm going to do. I'm going to call Jimmy Edmonds. I'm going to call Eduardo Perez and go, hey, can I represent you? And I'm going to chop you to all. I'd like to promise you I'm not going to bring that up again, but you know I'm incapable. No, but it makes sense, Josh. It really does. I mean, you know, it, it comes down to it. If you can find an advantage and that's what all these computers and all these programs and all these, this, this information it. is, it's an advantage. So, I mean, why not? I mean, it's something that who knows, maybe it'll be good. I'll try to do some, um, some recon with, with some people that I know, um, shoot with Houston, um, that can say, Hey, do they have a guy? Do they have someone? Yeah. Do they have somebody doing it? Right. Do they, are they, I'll do it after the world series. I don't want to bug them right now, but, uh, but yeah, maybe yeah. they, maybe they have people that sit there and just dissect the video and see. I it, have no doubt the Astros watch video in advance again. I have no doubt. They're yeah, so it, but the, the thing is, is where it gets, it's different. You have to get, I'm sure in which I'm sure they do camera angles from the hitters perspective, because that's where you're going to see it. Um, but I also know. think I, I need think about this from your role, Brett, during your playing days. You're going to have a pitching coach now that comes and say, Brett, we have to work on your set position, <laughs> right? Oh, no, we're gonna for work, sure. And move your elbow here and there. We're going to switch the glove just to play trickery back and forth. <laughs> you know, dude, I, I don't know if you'll remember this or if people remember Ryan Dempster. And if you remember Ryan Dempster, he went through a, a phase where he was tipping pitches. And if you go back and watch videos, he, when he came set, he would start flapping his glove around like crazy because it was a way for him to just remind himself, remind himself and to do it every time that he was going to take no chances. And it looked crazy. Like, where you like, what are you doing, Demp? Like, you look yeah. like you're crazy out there. But it was a way to say, I'm just going to eliminate this, the chance of this happening. And I'm yeah. going to do something that the, the pitchers aren't going to pick up on. But it, I mean, it would take the littlest of things that it's, it's a subconscious thing where you don't even know you're doing it. But yeah, you're going to have to have people in place on your team and on other teams to almost like fact check and make sure you're not doing it. Because when it comes down to it, if you're not working on it all the time, you're going to slip back into those. Because I mean, to be honest, Kershaw could have been working on it all year. And when you get in a high pressure situation, sometimes you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about what you're trying sure. to do with the pitch. So you know, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but yeah, it, it, it'll be a topic of discussion. I bet this off season for a lot of teams. One of my favorite breakdowns, Brett was a rod who on the broadcast said, wait, he didn't see a pitch tip. He saw Altuve tip when he didn't even attempt at a, at a fastball that was in the zone. And on the next pitch, he swung from his heels well, at a curveball that was out of the zone. And a rod said, something's not right here. He knew what's coming. Then you saw Bregman score and literally like stop yeah, dead in his tracks over. with, yeah. I think, Correa and start talking to him, not even celebrating, talking to him of what he was doing. So that's right there where you, when you go, they have something on him for sure. Yeah, something, something's up and the game is already out of control. So, so hey, let's, let's get into some things here. Let's, let, let's talk about the World Series matchup. So, Man. guys, here's, here's what I want to – I want to focus on this as Brett breaks down the World Series. I listen to the sports radio in LA the last two weeks and I hear all the crazies on sports radio that talk about the Dodgers need this and the Dodgers need that. I'm going to give you a quote here that, that I, I've listened to it all. The, the, what's keeping the Dodgers from a World Series championship is a singular problem, which is they're not built to win in the postseason because in the postseason – you need to have two of the best five pitchers. There is not an offense problem in Los Angeles. We had five guys left off our roster that would have been on any other playoff roster. There is a singular issue of having two of the top five or ten pitchers 
healthy and ready to go in the playoffs. And we haven't had that the last couple of years. We had it in 17. We let it get away. Brett, tell me what you think about that. Well, I think, I mean, we've, it's been kind of a constant, our, our whole, you know, podcast series is, is pitching and defense wins championships. And it's, it's not something new. It's not something that's just, we're making up. If you look back at the history of baseball, when it comes down to the playoffs and the postseason, especially the world series, it comes down to pitching. There's not very many games where you go out there and it's a, you know, a 15 to two game. You see it every once in a while, but most games are tight. They come down to the last couple innings and the starters are long gone by them. You need the good starters to get you there. But, you know, you get down to the back end of the bullpen and, you know, and it's, it's a pitching duel. And, and that's how it's always been. And I think, like we said, these two teams, I, don't, I can't remember a World Series in the last five, six, seven years that have had this high-powered of starting pitching, especially from the one and two guys. We'll, we'll, we'll take the three guys out of there. The four, the four pitches we're talking about, a Cole, a Verlander, and a Strasburg and a Scherzer. I mean, you don't get – it's power upon power upon power. And it's going to be one of those things. It's fun to see. And on the flip side, you have these teams that have a high-powered offense. I mean, both teams, they're putting it down offensively. So, you know, you're talking about two different teams, and I think they're built quite the same when it comes down to their offense. They have speedy guys at top. Um, with a little bit of pop and then they have the middle of the lineup that can do a lot of damage and 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 hit home runs and and, and they're they're well-rounded teams all the way around for both squads and five i'm looking at the first three games pitching matchup and five of those six guys brett were probably in the discussion to start the all-star game that's no accident you have scherzer versus cole game one you have verlander versus strasburg game two and you have corbin and grinky and grinky was dealing this year for most of the year too i mean five of those six guys Guys, you can listen to all the talk radio you want, him and ha about, I heard people saying crazy things like we're going to trade Seager. Uh, guys, you don't trade a guy that you don't have to pay for three more years, okay? especially when he's an all-star. Okay, so let's not be silly. We don't have an offense problem. Our problem has not even been that we don't have the two best pitchers. It's that they haven't been ready to go or locked in when the playoffs came. In, in 17, you could argue we had it. The last two years, I don't know if you could make that argument. Five of the top six pitchers, uh, this year are pitching games one through three of the World Series, and Corbin and Sanchez for Washington have looked great. In I was going to say the big wild card is Annabelle Sanchez, and Martinez said it best. He's like, everyone's talking about our big three. He's like, we have a big four. Yeah, and, and he's and and Sanchez is. Per I mean, he took a no hitter into, I think the eighth inning. Uh, the first start of the, the National League Championship. And yeah. no one has – barely anyone's talking about him. And I think he could be the big wild card. You throw him in the mix in, in crucial games, and he might be the difference maker. Um, it's going to be one of those series where I think everyone's going to assume – I think Houston's, I mean, a massive favorite um, already. But everyone's been sleeping on, on, on Washington pretty much the whole year. And I think that's because they started off so bad. They started off so bad. Like I said, they were like 19 and 31 to start yeah. the season off. And Martinez was going to get fired. And then from then on, they just battled back. And no one was even paying attention to them until like the last month. And then, you know, they're, t they're the teams. And I've said it like a thousand times already. Those wild card teams that have to win ball games down the stretch that last month of the season, those are the dangerous teams that get into the playoffs that, that they, have, they have nothing to lose. They weren't even supposed to be there, so they they walk into it saying, "Hey, we're not even supposed to be here. We're not even the team to beat. So why not why not shock the world?" And and Washington's set up, and I think they have that 
little bit of, I don't know, chip on their shoulder, if that's the right thing, but they have a little bit of swag walking in there. Like no one expects us to win. So let's just go out there and, and, and show everyone that we are a phenomenal team. Yeah. You know, um, just cause I want to get to talking a little more Dodger baseball. I'm just going to get right to the point. I think Garrett Cole is going to win both the starts. I think Verlander is going to win at least one of his. So uh, if you can get a victory out of Granky or whoever their number four is, I, I like the Astros, but I don't disagree. The, the Nats are hot and they're so good, but the Astros have been putting up a touchdown a game. I mean, for the last month and a half, no matter who they're playing, that it's tough to score five, six, seven runs. And they seem to, they seem to put those numbers up. So I'm excited. I, I've been I, wrong I'm saying, I'm going, I'm saying the Washington's going to shock the world. They're going to beat Cole one of the games. And they're gonna and they're gonna do it. That's just I think it'll be fun for us to go back and forth on it. But I'd like to see it. I think it would be great for baseball for a team that's never that's never been to the World Series to come and and beat. It's it's I don't want to say David versus Goliath, but that's kind of how it's shaping up to be. But it feels like it, the Giants three World Series in six years, where you're like, who's on their offense again? But man, their right, pitchers were lights out. Yeah, their pitcher lights out, and I think I think I think they're they're what it comes down to, and we've talked about it, and we we broke it down a little bit. Is they're just they're quiet. Their hitters are quiet, and they just they're unassuming. Rendon's like the most unassuming superstar I think in the game. I, I bet she doesn't say a word to anybody, and he goes out there and he just rakes. Soto's a little bit more flashy and and animated, but they get it done, man. And it's it's it'll be fun to see. I I I I'm assuming the game, the World Series is going to be fun, and it's going to be you know pitchers duels. But you get to a playoff game or a World Series, anything can happen, and anybody can win on any given day. Um, but we'll see. Time's time's going to tell. I'm with you. That's what I, I like. I actually I've mentioned several times I hate the Astros, so I'm pulling for the Nats. I just uh, I'm so locked in on Garrett Cole right now, which is going to lead us to our our next conversation. But before we get to that, Brett, I thought the most interesting thing in the Yankees um, Astros series was that they had a chance to beat Garrett Cole and they let it get away. Cole was up two one when they pulled him in the seventh and the Yankees got it close. They, they just couldn't put another runner to a class. And, and to me, as a baseball fan, even when the Dodgers were playing the Nats, I was like, Hey, if we can be down two one in the seventh, when these guys get pulled out, I'll take that because these games are so close, but I felt like that was the turning point when the Yankees couldn't take advantage of keeping it close with Garrett Cole on the mound. I think that was in game. game well, four. I think it's fun. I think it's really funny that they're saying Cole didn't have his good stuff today and he still went seven innings. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're like, Oh, he just doesn't have it today. I was like, gosh, I would have killed any, any was- day of my career not to have it and only give up one run. Um, he's something else. And I mean, going into free agency, which we're going to talk about and we'll talk about him a little bit um he's got he's got the world by by the 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 good stuff right now and and this might just kind of be the icing on top it kind of reminds me of uh of Beltran um way back when he was like the hot guy uh and and put up a crazy postseason and then he was the big guy in the offseason and got an unbelievable contract but Cole's the guy this year that's that and two of the guys Rendon and Cole they're the two big free agents and they basically kind of like the spotlight and kind of the showcase for them to show what they're about. So let's talk about that. I, 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 I've made it really clear that my opinion is if we're going to win in, in, I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't even want to spend another <laughs> and 80 games unless we go get Garrett Cole or Strasburg to be our number one star. I just, uh, we, what else do we need to learn? And so I want to, I want to throw three names at you who are in my mind, the three best available pitchers on the market 
and you tell me what you think of each and if we can land two of them. And I'm going to tell you in the order that I think I would go after them. Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, and Hinjin Ryu. Those are the, mm -hmm. I, I need two or th those three of those guys on the Dodgers roster next year to win the World Series. Well, I think Ryu is going to be a little bit of a bargain um, in comparison to Strasburg and Cole. Because Strasburg right now has, still has four years left on his contract at $100 million, and he can opt out of that, which I assume he's going to do. So right there, he's going to make it's going to make a substantial amount of money. Ryu has put up good numbers the last three years, but I think the big variable is he hasn't, this is the first season in, in like four years that he's been healthy throughout the year. And you saw it, he tired at the end of the season. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm sure whatever team is negotiating with him, that's going to all be brought up like to the front that, you know, you haven't been healthy. You have, you've had one full season um, where you had no injuries but then again, well, he has stiff neck, and I don't know if that was the uh, uh, the, the Dodger, Dodger the stiff Dodger neck. Phantom DL stiff neck, or or it really was that. But I think I think Ryu may be a bargain, so I think the Dodgers may get him. I don't want to say a hometown discount, but I'm sure they're really going to pitch it that way. Like, hey, you're comfortable here, you've pitched great here. Um, you know, He's your starting numbers... a family and right. Asia's West Coast pack rim and all those things matter to a guy who's playing in a second. Yeah, and you got country, loyalty right? and you got loyalty and, and I don't know him personally, but you know, sometimes they feel loyalty to, to the organization that first drafted them or brought them here um, sure. from their country. So, you know, there may be that. And if you're going to go between Strasburg and Cole, you know, I, everyone wants Cole everyone that has big money they're both um, socal guys which is interesting they're both right and, and if they could land one of those guys a cole and a strasburg and get ryu at i'll, I'll say a discount in terms of just the relativity of of what he yeah, could command on the other two it's a huge right discount. you know it's i don't know I, I don't know if, <laughs> i don't know if 150 million dollars is anything of a discount to 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 any, anybody yeah. but you know if they if they can steal him and, and then pick up a strasburg or a cole i mean I would take that staff. I'd take a, a – oh, yeah. even if Strasburg, Ryu, Bueller, and a Kershaw, gosh, that would be that would be amazing to see. But, you know, there's a lot of other teams, and it just depends what the state of mind with Cole and Strasburg is, where they want to go. They might be just happy where they're at. You know, Strasburg, I know him personally. He's an up, you know, standing guy. He may be one of those guys that say, hey, I'm going to be loyal to the organization that's stuck by me. And it's been with me the whole time. Maybe he wants to be compensated a little bit more, but he may want to stay in Washington. You never know. He's, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that instead of being loyal, he's going to say, no, I want to live in North San Diego County or wherever he's <laughs> from and play yeah. for one of the three LA or San Southern Cal teams. Right. But <laughs> I, I it, you know, it's going to be, it's a, their agents are going to be involved. Sure. I, uh, you know, Boris represents Cole and Strasburg and Boris has, you know, the reputation of, I'm going to go out there and hunt the biggest contract I can, no matter where it's at. Can we talk uh, about that for a minute, Brad? I want to use Jared Weaver as an example. Um, he's one of the few guys that broke the code. And you know the code. There may even be a name for it. He went to – I think he was a Boris guy, right? He yeah. just went and said, I want to play for the Angels. I don't care if I, if I get paid 30% less, which I think is about what he took, less. And he stayed in the same market for the rest of his uh, career – Tell us about the code. Is uh, you're not supposed to do that as a player, right? Well, well, and the players' union usually has a lot to say about that. I know the players' union was not happy. They weren't even. Um, I'm trying to think of the player. Some player took a huge discount to stay, and the players' union w was not happy at all. They they want the most money, f uh, 
they can get for each player because that drives up salaries for people. Even um, Tony Gwynn did that to a certain extent, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. And and it comes down to there's a conversation, and it depends on your agent. You know, Boris has a reputation. My agent was Joe Longo with Paragon, and there was always a conversation. And granted, I I didn't command anything like that, but there was always a conversation like, hey, where do you want to be? Do you want to stay on the West Coast? Do you care where you go? Do you want to pitch anywhere just for the money? There's a conversation that happens, and I was always I love the West Coast. If I if I, in a perfect world, could stay close to the home just sure. for family and travel and, and, you know, I knew the league a little bit better. I knew the National League West a little bit better. Something that we talked about. Um, some people don't care. I remember J.D. Drew um, when he was with L.A. He didn't care. He's like, I just want – not in a bad way, but he's like, you know, I want, I want a big contract. And it, and it wasn't even a, a conversation. He basically – wanted Boris to present him. Hey, I got this team and I got this team and it ended up going to Boston. Um, and cause he wanted to take care of his family. He's like, I want to sure. make enough money where I can take care of my family and not have to worry about anything, wherever it's going to be. He was going to obviously go to a team that was, you know, a, a, one of the better teams and has a chance to win. But you know, it, there's conversations that will be had as, as soon as this, you know, playoff is over between agents and players and, and kind of where they're, well, let Their me ask you are... about you, Brett, because I always thought you you played it so smart. I've never asked you about this. I just assumed you it, it looked like from the outside that you would go to where you would get paid the most because that's what you do. We just talked about that's the code. And if you were having an off year and you got released, you'd call your buddy in San Diego and go, hey. You want to pay me for the rest of the year? I mean, is that not what? How many times did that happen to you? Two or three? Well, it yeah, it happened a couple times. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't always go where I got paid the most. I had some offers, some some really big offers from Japanese teams um, yeah. to go play in Japan, where you know I would have made substantially more money. But you know, I wanted to stay here in the U.S. And you know, logistically, there were some times where I, I took a little bit less money to to maybe go to an organization that I knew more people in. Sure. You know, front office wise, where I thought I'd be more comfortable. But yeah, the years that, you know, there was a year with uh, Kansas City, um, I got released. The first phone call wasn't even me. One time it was Kevin Towers. He called me and said, hey, we would love to have you come here. I'm not going to pick you up um, during the waiver period. Because they didn't have to pay your salary, right? Right. I was making a decent amount of money. So yeah. it's like, we don't, we can't pay that, but we would love to have you. Um, and I was, and I was loyal to, to Kevin. Kevin was really good to me, treated me really great throughout my career. So he said, if somebody comes and picks your contract up, great. If not, we would love to have you. And I had multiple people call me, but you know, he was the first one, uh, you now, know, is he Kevin, allowed to do that when you're on waivers? That's not considered. Absolutely. No, no, not at all. Okay. They, they can, they can call you and just say, Hey, we're super interested. If you don't get picked up on waivers, um, you know, please, you know, be first phone call, be to us, please. I mean, they can ask you, you don't have to. Um, but I had a couple, you know, each years where that happened, where, you know, I called KT and said, yeah, I want to come back to San Diego because it was home. It was easy. Sure. And I was, you know, I knew a lot of people there and I, I and folks, the if you don't know, North San Diego County is a hotbed for baseball players <laughs> yeah. to live. No, it, it is right. You'd think yeah. it's Arizona and that is too. There's no doubt the Phoenix area is, but North San Diego County, you know, what a great plan, right? So you, you sign for a couple million, they release you you get a call 10 minutes later from your hometown team to say, Hey, if you make it through waivers, come pitch for us. And you call the wife and go, I'll be home. I'll be right. home. And next week I'll have a job. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it happened. It happened in LA. Um, you know, I, I was struggling a little bit. I went to them and they said, Hey, we're going to let you go. And I was like, great. The first phone call I made was to, to KT Kevin towers. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I'd love to come back. And he said, absolutely. We'll take you. Um, 
And it, the funny thing is, if, to go a little bit farther, Colorado had offered me like $50,000 a start. And, but I had already told, you know, Kevin Towers, I really wanted to come there. And I took, I actually turned down money um, to come play in San Diego. But yeah, I, to your, to your point, Arizona, Phoenix, Scottsdale area is number one for players. And then number two is San Diego, where, where former so players and describe what an advantage that is for the Dodgers, Angels, Padres and Diamondbacks if we're in that situation, right? I mean, they, they can get a hometown discount more often than not. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, for the second half of the year, I mean, I mean, Trevor Hoff, look at Trevor Hoffman. He always yeah. took less money because it was home. I mean, he had a house right on the beach. I mean, he had a perfect, he could surf in the morning and go to the ballpark. Yeah. Now, was he allowed to do that contractually? Uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure he had that written to his contract. <laughs> I don't think us, the, the normal people had that yeah. in, anywhere in their contract where we could do anything like that. Well, that was a fun conversation, Brad, and that's what I love about doing this show with you is you kind of put us uh, in the mind of a player there. So let's talk. Guys, uh, let's, let's finish that conversation. Um, if the Dodgers rotation next year was Strasburg or Cole, yeah, look, either one would be amazing. Uh, Bueller at number two, Ryu at number three, and I'm only putting him behind Bueller, guys, because I think Ryu is going to get the Cy Young uh, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, and to say the Cy Young's number three, it's because Brent and I were talking, Ryu's not that intimidator that a Strasburg or a Coles or even a Bueller. I mean, Bueller's kind of got that rep now as our intimidator, the young kid that you can't figure out. So, and then you throw Kershaw and the young guns in there at four and five, you get Rich Hill. I mean, we're, again, we're going to have six or seven stars. Rich Hill's going to come from what I'm hearing at, at a hometown discount just because he's, he's aging out. But I, I love that lineup, and I tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna be frustrated if one of those pitchers isn't wearing Dodger blue in the season. Well, I tell you what, we talked a little bit about it off off you know tape. What about a Madison Bumgarner? <laughs> we're talking, you know, we're you talking about do that, Brett. we're talking about the the evil empire of the West, the Giants. But you know, it happens. It happens a lot of times. You'll see it a lot of times with the Yankees and, and Boston. Players yeah. will kind of flip back and forth because they play each other so much you know interdivision that you know what he's about you know what he brings to the table and sometimes it's fun for players I did it granted I wasn't a bum gardener I wasn't a you know we talked about Johnny Damon making the transition from Boston to New York right. and he was loved in New York I mean he can go to New York and, and go anywhere in the city now um, but yeah I did it as I went from the Giants to the Dodgers I mean yeah when I went back to San Francisco I got hammered when during batting practice and, and yeah. Bumgarner, we get that but you know um it's it's it might not be a bad guy you got a lefty and you talk about like an intimidator like you he's know what got he that reminds me of right now he reminds me of when Verlander uh went to Houston because people are Bumgarner off right they've been writing him off for about a year he didn't have a great year this year his team was terrible and then people look back now and go we got uh, Darvish instead of instead of Verlander, but Verlander was kind of done for a year or so. And now he goes back to form of being the best pitcher in baseball for a couple of years. Right. And Bumgarner's got that capability, right? Hey, I would take Madison Bumgarner as my third or fourth starter. Any, any way you slice it. Sure. You know, so there, and and then there's Muncy some other guys. be roommates on the road. <laughs> <laughs> right. And there's some other guys out there. It'll be interesting. You know, Pineda's available. Um, Zach Wheeler's available. There's some, there's some definitely some good arms out there that that could be in the mix but it just really depends on what the Dodgers what you know and, and we you know the Friedman press conference he talked a little, a little bit about you know how they're gonna they're gonna make some moves they're not just gonna sit back and and you know go with what they had I think they if if something presents itself they're gonna make moves and they're not gonna be afraid to kind of mix things up and change things around a little bit 
And I know uh, uh, Turner's made some comments about he'd be willing to change positions uh, from third base if, you know, certain people come or they can get somebody to play third base like a Rendon. Um, and it makes it interesting. If you have players that, that will make the, the sac- I'll say, sacrifice to move or, you know, concessions to say, hey, I'll move from first base to outfield, kind of like Bellinger did to get somebody in, you know, it, you can make your team a lot better that way. If you got guys that yeah. are only pigeonholed, I can only play third base and can't play other places, then you limit what your, what your team can do in the offseason. You know, I spend way too much time thinking about this way beyond just a normal fan. I think it out and I, I, I have a business mind too. I just don't see that the Dodgers can justify spending money on offense when they already have these tools. But I think when you said make some changes, I was actually thinking today, I was thinking back to when A-Rod went from the four hitter to the one hitter because the justification was we need him at the plate more. What about Bellinger? I have a lineup, a first four for you. I have a, a Bellinger month. <laughs> You've already got lineups for next season? Gosh, well, I just – how do we get Bellinger more at-bats? Remember, he's our fastest guy too. What but you've got to have somebody you got to have somebody to replace him in the middle of the order. So that I mean that comes down to if if you sign a Rendon and you can slot him him and Turner three and four, yeah, you can move Bellinger to the two hole. Yeah, and, and even you know? Muncie could go back to the four too, but I love Muncie behind him. But anyway, I was just thinking about moving belly up in the in the lineup this year. We never really did find that one uh that one hitter this year. We we tinkered with so much. But the one offensive change that that I could see next year if we don't shuffle the deck at all offensively is Lux being our everyday second baseman which puts uh, Muncie as an everyday player at first and you know you still shuffle the outfielders like you do all the time but that's why I think you spend your money on pitching and, and I'm with you if we got Garrett Cole and Ryu I would be as excited as ever for next year if we if we don't go get one of those top two pitchers oh going to be painful for me to well i think i think the dodgers yeah i i agree with you i think the dodgers have the luxury they're they're way they're under the luxury tax now so they have financially the money to to make some moves you know and i I think i think it's something they go after a little bit of both you know i i I think what's going to come down to like i said if they can they can snag ryu for a little bit and maybe get one of the top line pitchers why not I mean, you're built to you're building to win championships, and they're they're right on the cusp well, the of doing now, it now, though, Brett. Right? I mean, Turner's got two years left, and and say what you want about our closer, but man, he he's got one year left on that big deal. He's and those guys' time is now. Turner's in the prime of his career. We got some youngs. This team's not getting any younger. Well, and I think what they've done the last couple of years is they've cut a lot of salary to get yeah, where the luxury sure. tax so they can attack it now. So, so say you go out, let's just play, let's, let's say they go out and they can land a Rendon and they can land a big starting pitcher. And then Turner ages out where they, they don't have it. They got Rendon. They got a guy here for the next, you know, seven or eight years. So you got to replace the Turners. You got to replace the Jansons because eventually they're going to be gone. So you know, one guy that we haven't talked about salary wise, it's a Peterson's going to start getting paid. Jock's going to get paid pretty soon, isn't he? I mean, he's got to be coming up on. Yeah. And on, I think I, I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was thinking about that today. He may be an expendable guy. He well, may he's be, all, he has been for three years, but this year, man, he had a great year, but he's been on the block for good. Three I years think now. he's one of the guys, you know, I don't know if with Pollock, if, if, you know, I, I don't see him as being like the leadoff hitter. I know he's a gold glover out there in left field, but I think he's expendable. I think Peter's expendable. I think there's, I, you know, and I, I know Seager's not getting paid, but I think he's enticeable to other teams. Sure. Especially um, with Lux there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's, they have some wiggle room with some guys that if they can 
free up because they're going to have to pay those guys. Um, you know, if they can free up some space to bring some other guys into jockey, you know, a Muncie around and a Lux around where they can, you know, and get a, a Beatty in the, in the lineup more often. Um, and a Verdugo, you get, Verdugo is going to be right, be there too. So and Rios you, too. yeah, I mean, you have guys on the, you, guys. you guys have, you have guys on the back burner. So, you know, a Peterson, he's super enticeable to a team. Guy's going to hit 30 some home runs every year because so, that's what so he's been guys, doing. For those of you who don't play the numbers game as sports fans, if you, if you go sign uh, Garrett Cole for $40 million a year and people go, Oh my gosh, that's crazy money. When you have, three rookies on the roster all year that making minimum now you have four players divided by 42 million and now it makes sense right and so that's wow. why people you have to look at those guys Brett, um one thing i, I made a note that i want to make sure we come back to uh, i believe that the dl goes back to the 15-day dl next year no longer the the 10-day dl that yeah the Dodgers i, think, I actually think that's ha i think that's happening I'm, yeah, I think. yeah it happened last year if, uh, they passed it last winter meetings for for this next year so i think that that is relevant because the dodgers have have used that 10-day dl like no other but yeah so guys there's lots of opportunities the bum gardener thing is 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 intriguing hey you know <laughs> I, I was just thinking you know who I would love to see, and I don't know if, if they would be able to make a play for it. And I'm just a big fan of this guy is Gregorius from New York. Yeah. He's a free yeah. agent. Talk about it. If, if you can move Seeger and pick up somebody like Didi, that guy, I mean, like we said, he, he came in and filled up Derek Jeter's spot, and no one even kind of blinked yeah. about it. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's big free agents out there. And if they, can't, if they can land one big pitcher, and then they can start jockeying around for some other people, you bring in a Rendon or a Gregorius or somebody like that, you're at least you're adding you're at because offensively they put up a ton of runs they scored a lot of runs they they had big power numbers so you know can you can you make that a little bit better absolutely by adding well and peterson part of the reason we brought that up brett is because he so we have seven or eight guys we got will smith behind the dish major league minimum you got lux major league minimum you got uh alex verdugo major league minimum Say now Peterson's been that guy for four or five years, but now he's getting arbitration eligible where it's going to be four, five, six, seven, eight million. Now he he made the plot a little thicker by hitting thirty-five bombs this year, didn't he? But that <laughs> actually, but but you know what? That actually play, plays for the Dodgers because right. his he's stock expendable. goes up. His stock yeah. goes up. He you can command a little bit more uh, at a trade, maybe to get prospects for your organization that will eventually you know be big leaguers he reminds and, me of the kind of guy that like a pittsburgh will go get to make their fans go, oh we went out and we got a, 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 or a San, like a San, like a san diego yeah. that would be perfect for a san diego move right there that's that's exactly what they do all the time yeah they get one guy they like could splash around hey eric, eric hosmer that was like a big thing they're like oh we got eric hosmer 330 but like he hasn't done much and since now then. they're building around him though i mean I right like going on san diego hey i want to throw one more thing at you that some of our listeners won't like and by the way i was at a wedding yesterday and three people came up and said my favorite episode so far of the dodger dudes is this one and i'm like yeah man people are listening <laughs> to the show it pumped me up my wife my wife just said hey i listened to your last one after you know after they had lost like that was really good i was like hey <laughs> my wife's even giving us credit there you go and so here's here's one thing i want to say that a lot of fans won't like um if a Corey seager gets traded or an alex verdugo where you're like man that's a head scratcher it may just be because you're uh getting rid of your number one starter of the past and uh, need something more enticing to get them to pay Kershaw $30 million a year. And I don't think the Dodgers are going to go out there and publicly say we want to move Kershaw, but I think there's a decent chance that both sides are like, Hey, maybe it's it's time for a, 
a change of scenery? Because how are they going to use him next year, Brett? It's never going to happen. Yeah, I don't, don't think, think it'll so? happen. <clears throat> no, I don't think it'll happen. Because when you, when you cut it, and, and if you listen to the Friedman press conference and, and, you know, a little bit what I talked about, he had a great 2019 season. Yeah. I mean, and maybe they reevaluate what happens when they go to the playoffs, you know, if they make the playoffs next year and say, hey, you know, this is what's happened the last three years. You know, we're not going to do that this year. You know, but I mean, you can't can't discount the fact that he won 16 games and had a 3.03 ERA. Like you throw that across the major leagues, that's a number one or two starter on every single team, maybe except for Houston and sure. and Washington. It's like so, you said about you, Jansen, right? Right. <laughs> so you know, closer, it, it's people's opinion. It, it, it people, the fans' opinion to the front office of the Dodgers. You know, where do they value Kershaw? Sure. I'm sure the Dodgers front office has a different a different opinion than, than what the normal Dodger fan has out there because they're they're probably a little bit more emotional of what happened and and you know the front office is really going to dissect what has he done for us the last three years has he been productive is he you know mark you know fair market value and the answer is yes I mean like I said he won 16 games 16 games on the open market of free agency sure. is going to probably cost you what Kershaw gets paid. Well, and I had a, a scout that, that uh, a guy I grew up with that texted me a couple of days after, and he says, but, but his trade value is not what it was, and they're going to have to pay to move him. And, and that in itself makes it even less likely that they would trade him, right? Because I, I, I would love, I would love, I don't mean to cut you off. I just, no, do it. but I would love to go look at all the major, and we probably should have done this before, all the major league teams, how many, how many players won 16 games or more? Probably I bet you less than five. There's not a lot. There's so, no 20 game winners this year, right? I mean, um, Scherzer was flirting with it at 18. How many would Cole win? Cole might have won 20. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he was 19 and 0 his last 25 starts. That's pretty amazing, right there. It's not but, bad. <laughs> but anyways, but what I'm saying is, if you look at 16 game winners and up, there's not many of them, and Clayton Kershaw was one of them. Yeah. So to say he's not worth it, Listen I think to it, our Cy Young episode, right? I mean, with three weeks with a month left in the season, Brett and I did an awards preview show, and we took picks, and I actually have the notes, and we're going to go through it in a couple weeks after to see how close we were. He was top three. We both thought he was the number three guy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know, and I'll tell you what, he'll get some. He'll get some second place and third place votes when it comes down to it. And if you yeah. say he's not, you know, he's not a good pitcher anymore, then I, I don't think you're really, really paying attention to what's going on. Here's what I think in my heart of hearts as a guy who watches way too much Dodger baseball, and particularly in the playoffs. I think Kershaw is one of the top victims of other teams that, that uh, he was so good that if they could get any advantage on the pitch tipping, they could. And I think, well, we know because Jerry Hairston told us, but and now you just said I saw it on TV in the National Series. He's the kind of guy that in the season you take notes on what he's doing, but you save it for the playoffs when it counts because – why waste it in the season? I, I'm pretty sure that the in the playoffs. I don't know part if guys his, are. I don't think guys are wasting it. If, if they have any advantage, they're trying to use it every at bat. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. In the playoffs, they go, okay, guys, what do we know? What what do we know about just, this guy? Hey, it's just all magnified in the playoffs. That's what yeah. it comes down to. Because if Kershaw does that during the regular season, maybe maybe you blow through your bullpen and you got to bring Kershaw in for an inning, you know, in game 42 of the season, and he gives it up, gives up two runs. No one blinks twice. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just the product of, of what happened. But like what you're saying, like he's a he's a good pitcher and, and right. I would want him on my team for sure. So we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up this show and I'm gonna put Brett on the spot with two. Oh, questions. No. Oh, Who no. wins the World Series and in how many games? Number one. 
Oh, you know how great I am at predicting stuff. Um, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Washington just because I I, I want to see it happen. Always the underdog. And yeah, I'm gonna I, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go. Gosh, I want to say seven or six or seven. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with six. Okay, which means they would win the first game at Houston because uh, Houston's got home field advantage, right? Yeah, Washington's yeah. The, the other wild card man. They, they, yeah, they they're the wild card. So, and, and I'm going to go with Houston. I'm going to pull that old, I think Houston's going to win, but I'm with you. I always root for the, I'm rooting for the underdog. I'm rooting for the Nats. So next question, we'll, we'll wrap up with this. Who's the Dodgers number one starter next year? Uh, Walker Bueller, unless they sign us. Oh, come on, man. Let's be more fun than that. <laughs> unless they sign a Cole or a Strasburg. <laughs> uh, I'm saying just, just from what he did, you, uh, you know, you know, the, down the playoffs, he, I mean, he, he's, he's set up to be the guy that steps in and kind of takes over that role from, from Kershaw. Ryu, if they sign Ryu, uh, this uh, getting a little more complicated. If they sign Ryu, is he the number one? I don't know. They started Bueller in the first game of, of the National League Championship. Without hesitation. Without, Without hesitation because yeah. they thought he had more of like yeah. shut down stuff. Yeah. So I, I think he's the, the heir apparent to Clayton Kershaw in terms of, of you know, who the Dodgers are going to rely on. Well, I'm going to go with Garrett Cole as our number one, and um, I'm going to take Houston, even though I'm, I'm rooting for those Nats. So, um, hey, Brent, awesome show. Good stuff. We'll be back uh, during the World Series, guys, to give you a breakdown of what we're seeing. Of course, I'm sure I'll find a way to bring up pitch tipping. At some point <laughs> Absolutely. <next> <laughs> Brett, thanks for all your good stuff today, man. All right, buddy. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Dodger Dudes Show with the former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and Josh the Duker Luke. Whether you're at the stadium, on your couch, or at work, don't forget to interact with the hosts on social media at the Dodger Dudes on Twitter and Facebook. That's the Dodger Dudes on both Twitter and Facebook. Check out other SoCal sports podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Now go vote on our Twitter and Facebook fan poll and tune in again soon. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.